And uh, I just want to welcome a special guest that I got that we have here this morning. Uh, John Cullen and his wife are here. And John taught me at Western Pentecostal Bible School over 20 years ago, a bunch of my pastoral uh, courses, and he taught there for more than 20 years. And uh, John, it's just neat to have you here this morning. So welcome, yeah, special welcome to Sunshine Coast. This and family, yeah, sweet. So good, uh, John chapter 6, let's flip there in our Bibles and uh, let's just pray as we come to God's word this morning. Lord, we just thank you that we can come uh, to the word of God. We acknowledge, Lord, that your word is the authority. We have not come to judge it, but for it to search our hearts, for it to pierce our hearts. And so, Lord, we just humble ourselves before you. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us through the word of God. And we thank you, Lord, for the written word because it leads us to the living word, King Jesus himself. And that's our heart and our desire, Lord, to be led towards Jesus this morning. And so, God, we just ask your blessing on this time and uh, pray that you would speak to each and every heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Sweet. So we come back to John's gospel. We were away uh, last weekend with... Our refresh conference, which was really awesome, by the way, and I would just encourage you that all the teachings are up and online on the, on the church website, so you can go check those out, but we've been out of the Gospel of John here for a couple weeks, and so we come back, and um, I'll just remind you that John's Gospel is written with this stated purpose. At the end of his Gospel, and, and this is really the lens through which we've been looking at the Gospel of John, and so we want to keep this in mind. He, sa- he says at the end of John chapter t- uh, 20, verse 30 and 31, Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so that's the lens through which we are looking at the gospel of John, exactly what John states is the purpose, and we've come through this this chapter for me where it was really exciting. I love John chapter 5. Um, where Jesus healed this crippled man on the Sabbath. He had been lame for 38 years, and Jesus said, pick up your mat, take up your mat, and walk. And because it happened on the Sabbath, immediately there was a conflict with the religious leaders, and they challenged Jesus. They questioned him uh, with regards uh, to his actions for performing this sign on the Sabbath, and Jesus responded with this claim. That he was working in oneness with the Father. That he was directed by the Father. That he was doing the work of the Father. That the Father works on the Sabbath and so does he. And he made that claim to be the Son of God. He was doing the work of the Father. And the teachers of the law took issue with these things. I want to back us up here so that we we get our bearings as we move into John chapter 6. They had two problems with Jesus. The first problem was this. They had a problem with the things that he did. For, for him, uh, you know, they felt that he was treating the Sabbath with sacrilege. And so John tells us that for that, they persecuted him. But the other problem that they had with Jesus, with Jesus was this, was the things that he said. They were not com- confused about his claims. They were not confused about who Jesus was claiming to be, that he was claiming to be God. And so John tells us for that, they conspired to kill him. Because claiming to be equal with God was blasphemy. That is, unless you're God. And so these two problems, the things Jesus did and the things that Jesus said, 
And when they questioned him with, with regards to these offenses, rather than, you know, turning tail and running off or denying the charges that were being made against him, John tells us that Jesus launched into a sermon in John chapter 5. And in John chapter 5, he further asserted the very things that he was saying. He, he began to just teach and he began to basically say, look, you're not confused whatsoever. In fact, you're not even clearly seeing enough the very things that I am claiming. And, and, and Jesus publicly declared in this message, he, he claimed to be equal with God. He, he claimed to be one with the Father in his work. He claimed to be equal with the Father in terms of executing judgment. He claimed to be worthy of equal uh, honor with the Father. Jesus claimed that he had authority to raise the dead. He, he, he claimed that he had the authority to raise lost sinners to life, that he would raise himself to life in the re after he'd been crucified. He claimed that he would raise believers in the resurrection of life. He claimed that he would raise unbelievers in the resurrection of judgment. He claimed that there were witnesses who could support everything that he was saying. Uh, John the Baptist, the works that he was doing, the Father, the scriptures. Jesus claimed this as he was questioned by these religious leaders. He claimed that he was not the problem. The problem was that the teachers of the law were refusing to come to him that they might have life. They were the problem because they were not willing to believe in him. And so as I think about John chapter 6 and we come to John chapter 6, I would say this, like let's put ourselves in the sandals of those shoes, not sandals. That's why I wear my flip-flops this morning. Let's put ourselves in the sandals of those who are, are reading John's gospel for the first time or those first century uh, folks that would be reading this. The claims of Jesus in John chapter 5 are actually totally shocking. They're astounding. They're like, incredible and they're they're not common it's an uncommon and extraordinary for him a human being to claim to be God and so let me just play devil's advocate for a moment here as we consider scripture this morning because you know we have this advantage we have this advantage we know the rest of the story we know how the story un unfolds and we're like okay fine he claims to be God he's done amazing and extraordinary miracles we get it. 38 years, lame. He heals a man with his word. It's an amazing sign. And I just have to think of these people. If we're standing in their sandals. That's an amazing sign. The sign of a prophet. But to leap from being a prophet to being deity. That's a jump. That, that's a gulf that is, is so wide. It's such a massive hurdle. I mean, fair enough. Let's concede. Jesus is a prophet. Okay? We can receive that. We'll concede that he's a prophet. He healed a paralytic. But how do you possibly make the jump from prophet to his claim to be deity? Now, I would say this. Like, it's not like you're making light of, of the miracle of healing this paralytic, but, but claiming to be equal with the Father is demanding a lot from the people who were listening to Jesus teach. That's quite the claim. And this is why John chapter 6 is of such great importance. This is why John 6 matters. Because the apostle John wants to show us signs that affirm and confirm to us the claims that Jesus made in John 5. The claim to be 
equal with the Father on all these levels, the claim to be God. You know, I personally, I, like I could stand up here this morning with you guys, I could make all sorts of wild and crazy claims. I uh, think, you know, you could think about the craziest thing I might say this morning, and I'd leave that to your imagination. I, I could say, I could claim something totally, absolutely insane, and I may even have a portion or a shred of evidence to prove, some proof to back up a portion of my claim. But here's the important thing about Jesus. John wants us to see that Jesus performed signs that were evidence. They were proof. Signs that, that only God could perform. Signs that only God could carry out. That's why these two miracles in John chapter 6 are they're absolutely astounding. Two very specific signs John gives us to confirm the claims of Christ. And they're this. Jesus feeding 5,000 5, men. And Jesus walking on the water. And specifically John chose those two signs as proof to back up the sermon of John chapter 5. And actually of all the signs that John tells us in his gospels. uh, These are the only two that are repeated in other gospels. Everything else John tells us is new information. uh, Unique to his gospel. So let's check out these. Let's check out these signs. We'll read the first one actually first. So verse 1. Turn with me to John chapter 6 verse 1. It says this. After this. Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets of fragments from the five barley loaves